Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. And they'd still go, now let's really kill him. We really got to get this guy, you know, talk about a problem. So that simplicity that is in a childlike, you know, daddy kind of faith is exactly what Christ is after. And that's why it's so difficult for many people to understand and accept it. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor, we've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isburner. And uh, Wendy, question for you. You always have a question. You always have a question for me. Well, I'd like to put you on the spot, but it's really (laughs) tough to do anyhow. But I mean, you've heard the statement, um, the truth shall set you free. Oh, yeah. All the time. And it will. It's like a common phrase. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it in movies. Yeah, in movies. uh, People, it doesn't seem like people use that as leverage a lot of time to kind of convince the other person that what they're sharing of their really truth. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, just follow this, believe this and the truth is set you free. Right? <laughs> that's true. But if it's the right truth, it's that's the main thing, right? <laughs> that's the exact right thing to say. That's it. What truth are we talking about? Right. So that's why I'm excited about today's guest mm-hmm. because he's learned some things about the truth, uh, the real truth that he's been able to apply, not only in his personal life, but in his business life as well. Yeah. He's an entrepreneur. I'm gonna let you read his bio oh, good. because we're All excited right. to get him in. Here. Yes, we are. So Michael Borner is our guest today, and he is the founder and CEO of Engage Technologies Group. Michael has over 25 years of experience founding and leading technology and media companies. He's an entrepreneur responsible for innovating several short-form video-based enterprise technologies, enabling data-driven video personalization and mobile engagement. Say all that five times Yeah, seriously. Michael is a TED Med frontline scholar. We're going to have to figure out what that is, as well as a national award-winning film and video producer and technologist, including some of the companies that he's worked with, like Johnson & Johnson, CVS, Ford, um, Samsung, United Healthcare. I mean, it goes on. But um, Michael has appeared nationally on CNN and Fox News, ABC Radio Network, as well as numerous press articles covering his media and technology innovations. He's one smart dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael spent many years on Gary Smalley's Board of Directors, as well as the Board of National Institute of Marriage. And Michael is married to his lovely, amazing wife, Natalie, of 32 years, and has four beautiful adult daughters, two son-in-laws, and lives in Boise, Idaho. And I was going to say in a partridge and a pear tree, yeah, exactly. but I didn't. All of it. So Michael, welcome to your biggest breakthrough. Hey, we are so glad you're with us. Thank you. What a joy to be both with, with both of you. I love and adore who you guys are and known uh, you, Wendy, for many years. And yes. when you were connecting and uh, getting married with Todd, I was so thrilled for both of you. It's like, what a <laughs> power you. couple. 
Oh, you were praying for us. You were one of on, on the prayer team. <laughs> well, you married radio yeah. royalty. It's just amazing. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. that's awesome, man. Radio royalty. Oh, I like that. I, like I, I got to write that one down. <laughs> Remind me. Now Zoom royalty. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Exactly. There you go. So, Michael, I got to ask you right out of the shoot here, because uh, when Wendy was reading your bio earlier, we were talking about it, and I, I had to look up Ted Med Frontline Scholar. And basically, if you could boil it all down, what I what I discovered is you got to be really smart. <laughs> to, to, what what exactly is that? Oh, it's just it's a qualification from attending TED Med in the past. Really have enjoyed that event, and they qualify certain people as they apply to that in that particular way based on the things they're doing and performing in the technology and medical industries. So, uh, TED Med's an amazing uh, conference that always brought the forefront of innovation. So that's that's really yeah. what that means. Real real honor. But based on all that you've done, and, and and seriously, when we say you you've obviously got the smarts to pull it off, it makes me wonder: Were you born smart, or did you just figure this out along the way? <laughs> no, plenty of learning along the way. I was very okay. fortunate to have very positive, optimistic, affirming parents. So I was oh. raised in a household that always believed you could do whatever you set your mind to, and I've always just oh. been very much an optimist and really big believer in innovation. So yeah, it's just amazing. If you love to be a lifelong learner, it's incredible how much the world can offer if you really enjoy the yeah. process of learning just about anything. Oh, I love that. I love the fact that your parents pretty much implanted in you the belief that you could do anything. And I just want to pause for a moment because parents out there, listen up. Mm -hmm. I mean, you might not truly understand how that all works, but you saying it out loud to your kid is truly going to motivate that person to become everything God's intended them to become. Yeah, it really does. What we believe about who we are, identity, so much of that comes from our early uh, you know, training in our childbearing years. And, you know, as a trig is bent, so grows the tree. And so mm. that can be corrected along the way, but it's, there's nothing like someone who's been infused with love and care and optimism and belief about what you can accomplish when you put your mind to it. Yeah, mm. so what a gift, what a gift. Um, well, you mentioned the word belief. So I want to tap into yeah. your, your belief, your faith and, and what you grew up um, um, kind of believing and where you are today. And let's kind of just talk through that journey if you're okay with that. Sure. Yeah. I was blessed to uh, be raised in Boise, Idaho, which has been discovered. Beautiful. It's exploded with growth like many places yes. that are uh, uh, growing in a very fast uh, way. But I was born in a, in a family and an extended set of relatives that uh, were just incredible people and uh, great role models and examples and just precious humans that just really cared for one another. Uh, but I was raised in an environment where you were taught that you really had to earn kind of your way along. And uh, we definitely had a strong belief system. But uh, I went down to college in Phoenix, Arizona to go study computer science and uh, was dating a Christian gal who was new to Christ. She actually was raised uh, in the Jewish world. If you've ever heard the term Jap, which is not what yeah. it sounds like at first, Jap stands right. for Jewish American princess. Ah, uh -huh. yes, yes. Culture, but yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. Different JAP. And uh -huh. so uh, she actually came from the Miss USA pageant, and uh, I was in Phoenix. She actually came through Arizona, and we met and, and kind of really hit it off and uh, started this amazing romance. And uh, she was trying to witness to me to become a Christian. I said, no, I'm kind of already there. In fact, let me kind of convert you to what I've been <laughs> in. So we ended up having this bit of a, a war and a juggernaut of our beliefs. And uh, she finally convinced me to say, okay, I'm going to go visit some Christian churches all the while I was going to convert her over. And so uh, <laughs> I was raised that, you know, you had to kind of do a number of very good works along the way to have your behavior kind of allow you to be able to, you know, attain, you know, salvation. 
and it was kind of a mix of the two. And so what I came very uh, powerfully uh, connected to was this message when I would go to, I went to a place called North Phoenix Baptist Church. Uh, Richard Jackson was the pastor back then. And uh, I was listening to these sermons and I was only there so I could call and report that I went to church. And uh, she actually <laughs> lived in San Diego. And so I would listen to this man preach and it was like almost watching a tennis match. It was so full of energy and just back in the pulpit and doing all this stuff. And at the end of the message, for some reason, I always felt myself very moved and I couldn't understand why. And I, I thought it was the style because the church I was raised in was very, very reverent, but it didn't have kind of this new level of, of excitement and energy in its communications. And so I just, I brought a friend one time to go with me and then they did what's, you know, an altar call, which I wasn't really familiar with. And he, he's like, Hey, I'm going to go down and get saved. Like, where are you going? What's happening? <laughs> and so it was a new experience. Yeah. So I walked down there with him and, and uh, he prayed to receive Christ. And one of the elders at the altar was like, how about you young man? I said, no, I'm good. I got kind of another deal going on and <laughs> I'm fine. And then uh, one Sunday uh, uh, her name was Sherry. And so we uh, visited a different church and then she filled out the visitor's card for me. I didn't know what that was or what it would do, but I can't remember to this day if she threatened to write suicidal on it or did so that would get the attention, right, of the oh, yes, people. Yes. Well, it did get their attention. And so the following Tuesday night on their outreach night, they came to my door and knocked on it. I actually wasn't home, but they left a really nice note to me saying, hey, thanks for visiting our church. And we would love it if you would visit our Wednesday night Bible study. So I came wow. home and I'm reading this note going, this will be serious points if I go to whatever this thing is. Oh, that's good. So you were just after the girl. <laughs> yeah, you were just looking to score. On Did I mention she was a Miss USA pageant? Beautiful, uh, godly gal. And so I went on a Wednesday night and uh, attended this uh, college group. And then afterwards, the pastor, Pastor Lane Franks, who is still to this day one of my best friends in the world mm -hmm. uh, there in Phoenix, came up to me and introduced him. He says, oh, are, are you the young man who I invited at the front door? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I told him kind of a little bit about my faith background and that I was just there kind of curious. I didn't mention the, the girlfriend points reason. I left <laughs> that out. But he goes, well, really, you come from that kind of background. There's a guy that's in our church that used to be a part of one of those uh, churches you mentioned. In fact, here he is. And he walked in like right on cue. Wow. Pretty good sized wow. campus. And he was like, in wow. fact, here he is. Wow. wow. Divine. So he introduced me to this gentleman. His name was Bill. And he just really challenged my faith that night. And I listened to him and I listened to him. And I thought, you know what? I am so tired of having this argument and having, because I really believed what I believed was the true and improved and kind of more accurate version. And then he said something that really changed the kind of fulcrum of my life. He said, I don't want you to believe anything that I've told you. He goes, truth never fears investigation. Powerful. Something Powerful. about wow. that phrase that really hit me to my soul and I thought, you know what? I agree with that. I do think truth okay. doesn't need to be worried about investigation. And so I set out from then on to say, I'm going to go look up and study the things I've been taught so I can show everyone, come on, you just got to see it the right way. Wake up, people. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, come on, McFly, we can do this. So <laughs> yeah. I ended up going in and spending the time to really deeply look into what I had been taught. And then what I found was question after question after question. And I began to realize there are really not answers for many of these things. And what I came across in all of that to summarize is this pastor ended up staying with me. He walked through this thing with me, mm -hmm. continued to walk through this path and was there. We ended up becoming very good friends. We we're both single. 
we ended up becoming roommates there on on uh, 68th Street and Thomas and Scottsdale and a little apartment, Sycamore Creek Apartments, 35 wow. years ago. And wow. uh, he walked me through the Bible and the New Testament and showed me how it's all about one single word called grace. Mm. And I was like, there's no way you can just simply say this simple little prayer and you mm. get to go to heaven. Everybody knows you've got to earn your way. Ask anyone. But what he walked me through was this whole concept that it isn't your good works, it's Christ's finished work. And it took me so long to finally understand the simplicity there, which can really trip up a person. But the other thing I really stumbled across was Jesus, was he really God himself? And I used to use John chapter 17, where Jesus is praying to the Father in the garden as proof spatially. Hey, can't be God. He's there in the garden. There's God in heaven. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that's a whole different theology of, you know, the mm -hmm. Trinity. But once I realized Jesus really is God and grace is real and it's all throughout the Bible, you know, Romans, Titus, it's everywhere. And once you realize, wow, it's not by our works of righteousness, but his finished work that we get to accept, like taking his test scores. And when I finally realized that that's true, it absolutely had the scales fall off my eyes. I came to Christ. I became this excited believer and then it was like, are you kidding me? Do people know about this deal? This is the <laughs> coolest thing I've ever heard. And so that was the pivot point of my life to say, you know what? Uh, you know, studying computer science, but I really would like to go into the field of media. Why? Because there's something back then, <clears throat> late 80s, media was kind of the key way to communicate, right? We didn't have the internet. And all we had was broadcasts. We had radio. We had, you know, billboards. We had television, et cetera. And so I thought, if we're going to scale this message of grace, we've got to figure out how to get it out there widely. So that changed the, the really trajectory of my career. And ever since then, that whole premise of John 8.32, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And I'm just amazed how ever since that day in August of 1986, that that moment when this precious pastor leads me through the Bible ever since that day, every single day I've lived my life according to what that simple truth means. And it's always meant so much to me to figure out how do we scale grace to the world? Quite a transformative opportunity to engage. Oh, powerful. I love that. I love that. And I love that you had someone that walked you mm -hmm. through it. And I think that that is key, that someone is holding you accountable, but also gracefully leading you along so that you have full understanding and and the scales do fall off of your eyes because of their graceful way in which they're sharing the gospel. Um, do you believe, I, I, I kind of do, but it's because I'm a woman, but that, and I'm kind of stereotyping, but for men that are more analytical and, you know, they're like, they want to see it, they want to study it, it's a little sometimes harder for them to grasp the reality of this truth that will set you free. They want to have it like on a spreadsheet and, yeah. you know, Excel format. Well, I think there's an immense amount of proof, both in modern day, all the way back to the Pharisees. Yeah. Pharisees were the epitome of wisdom mm -hmm. and knowledge and rules. And, you know, it's amazing to me, whenever I share Christ with people, I always love to remind uh, non-Christians, hey, the only people Jesus ripped on were the religious people. Pharisees, right. yeah. That's yeah. it. Everybody else, yeah. he was kind of, you know, known as a partier, sort of. He was hang hanging around the wrong crowd because he was there to bring life to those who needed it. But yeah. it's amazing to me that those who were so smart, wise, and filled with the law were the ones who could watch Jesus raise somebody from the dead, and they'd still go, now let's really kill him. We really got to get this guy, you know, talk about a problem. 
Right. So that simplicity that is in a childlike, you know, daddy kind of faith yes. is exactly what Christ is after. And that's why it's so difficult for many people to understand and accept it. Yeah, the truth will set you free. And it certainly set you free uh, in terms of your belief, your relationship with God, relationship with others, and also the way you approach the rest of your life in terms mm. of now you're, you're a Christian on a mission. Mm. And Media you, missionary. Yeah, exactly. So, so unpack that story. What, what was what was transpiring next? What started to motivate you as an entrepreneur to start the businesses you did? What was behind all that? And what has been the outcomes? Sure. Well, where we're at today is really a uh, kind of culmination of so many things that occurred all the way back then in Scottsdale, Arizona in the late 80s. So today we get to work with some of the great companies around the world, some of the greatest brands in the world, and we're there to serve them by helping them scale the things that are so important to them. Because the truth is, Truth isn't just about a faith-based or spiritual truth. So God's world, there's truth about leadership. There's truth about marriage, parenting, the way God made our digestive system, health, health, you know, vitality, you know, Wendy, you know all about that. And so there's so many things that if you want to add value to someone's life, you help them understand the principles, the truth about what that is, and you can maximize people's lives. So today, really, we provide timely wisdom that transforms lives. And in today's world, the easiest way to provide timely wisdom is kind of three ways. The first is a mobile phone. It's kind of everything's about your mobile phone now. The mm-hmm. second is about short form video, which can be the easiest way to transfer the message. And then also we use you know, technology like text and other things to be able to convey. But all the way back uh, at that pivot point for me, when I realized this simple truth of grace I decided to change my trajectory and go into ministry to start with. And mm-hmm. so it was a media ministry, which is interesting because uh, we ended up starting a media company called Mission Media, which was designed to get churches across multiple denominations to work together, much like the dairymen do, right? We have got milk mm-hmm. commercials because independent mm-hmm. farmers in a state come together and say, why don't we chip in and pool our resources and our influence so we can promote our products sponsored by the group. It's called an association. So as a new Christian coming from where I'd come from, it was a very unified church all over the world. And so when I found out that the Baptists and the Charismatics and the Assemblies of God and the Nazarenes all agreed on this whole go to heaven on Jesus, uh, finish work, it was like, wait a minute, you guys all agree on this thing? That's awesome. Do you work together to get it out there? Uh, Not so much 35 years ago. And so to me, Mr. Optimist raised by affirming parents, go do anything. So the very first thing we did, uh, I was actually working in the Yellow Pages business uh, back then uh, in in sales. And so we had a a Yellow Pages that allowed you, in fact, I wonder if I hadn't thought about this when we were doing this. It happened to be right here. No, maybe I don't have it. But the Yellow Pages back then used to have a phone number you could call and you could type in a four-digit code again, before the internet, and you could get news, sports, weather, horoscopes. Yeah. Like horoscopes, there were like 250,000 calls a month that came in to get your horoscope. I remember that with the weather. Yeah. yeah. And so this is, you know, this is 1989. And so I thought, hey, why don't we get all the churches to get together in the whole city and let's put the gospel in the, the yellow pages. So you could open it up in four-digit codes. How do I know if you're going to heaven? Where can I find a church? How can I have help spiritually here? So somehow we got all these churches to show up for a lunch. I got the Yellow Pages people to allow us to sell it for cost, didn't take a commission. And we put a triple full page, the third page was in Spanish, 
to explain the gospel specifically around how to understand the simple truth. So that was kind of the first unifying wow. strategy. Amazing. Well, yeah, the very fact that you actually, of course, you were a little bit naive as a new Christian, thinking that you know very. everybody would rush together. <laughs> Thank to, heaven. To wanna, wanna, yeah, right. Exactly. But the fact that you went and and attempted to bring churches together is absolutely awesome. I it just is I awesome. applaud you. I think that was oh. a Holy Spirit driven, uh, you know, motivation for he you. He needed you to be naive. <laughs> I would Maybe yeah, it's a good thing sometimes. Yeah, yeah it sure is. Yeah, I want to see that yellow pages uh, that that paid ad or what that was the paid ad. It was a whole page that explain the gospel. I think that is so creative in its day. So you've progressed a little beyond the yellow pages, and that's a good thing. <laughs> yes. Well, that went on to create uh, this ministry called Mission Media. We ended up getting, I ended up moving back to Boise, Idaho uh, through a number of reasons and worked with a uh, filmmaking couple that were in LA for 35 years called Films Afield. And uh, they put this amazing missionary uh, filmmaking work together to show people around the world what was going on in missions. And they shot indigenous films that shared the gospel with people of that part of the, the world. And they were often shown with the Jesus film. And so suddenly I'm working with them, traveling to Paraguay, South America and the Philippines, shooting film. I actually got to edit on film. You know, we wow. touched the medium. Yeah. Yeah. During that time, we came up with this vision of formalizing what I'd mentioned earlier, of getting churches to work together. And so we came up with this concept of getting Christian churches. It was in, at the time here in Boise, Idaho. So we ended up getting 80 churches to agree to work together to form an association uh, that Mission Media pulled together called the Christian Churches of the Treasure Valley, which is what we call our area. And so they all chipped in about $75 a month to provide a budget. And then families and business people also chipped in. And that created a budget. We had a full-time staff with one job to innovate evangelism and outreach. Mm. And so we started buying spots on MTV, on NBC. We started buying spots in the Super Bowl in this market. We started doing major events. We started doing PR and then major things like we brought Gary Smalley to come and speak at the convention center. Because as a new Christian, who always bothered me, I thought, why in the world do we have Christian speakers like Gary Smalley come in and speak at a Christian church, advertise it on Christian radio to talk to a bunch of Christians? Right, I just right. thought, as a brand new Christian, that was just ridiculous. <laughs> but we all have pastors. We get all this training. Yeah. Non-Christians yeah. are the one who need really great inspiration about how to really you know, great, uh, have great marriages. And so we called Gary Smalley's practice, or pardon me, his um, office before I even met him. and said, hey, can we ask a favor? Can we show your famous videotapes, the VHSs? They were promoted by Dick Clark and Connie Selleck. I remember those in the old days. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I went and met with the president of the NBC station here, the biggest uh, television station by far. I met with the general manager, the president, and said, we'd like to have Gary Smalley's videos shown on marriage at the convention center free of charge. And we'd like you to put it all over the air for free. And he's like, okay. And then I showed him the list of all the churches, 80 churches from all different denominations. And he realized this wasn't a denomination. This was truly community. And also showed them the statistics okay. from the area showing the divorce rate was quite a bit higher than the national average because everybody keeps moving here thinking the problems will go away. Mm-hmm. So based on all that, he said, how are you going to make money? I said, well, we're a nonprofit. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how are you going to make money? I'm like, no, no, it, this is a nonprofit deal. We don't have to make any money. Okay. Can we have our number one news anchor be the MC for this series for four weeks? I'm like, wow. Yes. Mm, let me think about <laughs> that. <do> yes. That. <laughs> so we had 800 people a night show up to come watch these videos for four weeks in a row. And then at the end of the videos, we had a panel of Christian couples, Christian counselors doing Q&A with the audience. 
And then after the four weeks was over, we had them say, hey, how would you like to continue the series in local churches all over the metro area? So that was kind of the first big kickoff. And then we had Gary come in multiple times. And then we had him come in to speak at an 8,500 seat auditorium, his largest event ever, Living Promise Keepers, in Boise, Idaho. But we got the media and the business community and the churches to work together to make it free of charge. We had, I think, out of 8,500 people there at capacity, we had like 3,200 people sign up for follow-up groups. And so we just figured out a way to do one major thing. Let's focus on unity where God commands a blessing. Let's not care who gets the credit. Let's give the credit to the local church, God's chosen instrument to reach the world. And what's always driven me a bit nuts is the fact that why don't we promote the brand of the local church, not a church, but the concept that the local church is designed to be a place where families thrive and flourish mm-hmm. and small groups connect people to go through difficult challenges. And so that was always our mission. And so we spent all this time, money, and energy figuring out a way to get churches to work together in unity, to do broadcasts, to do events, to do earned media, and to come up with innovative ways to get the gospel out. Mm, mm, mm. Amazing. Wow. I mean, you're, you think outside the box, Michael. I mean, mm-hmm. as long as I've known you, you're an outside the box thinker. Well, because he's naive enough to believe that, you know, that's, that's right. And sort it of works. Thing could and it works. <laughs> um, but that's what this world needs is yeah. more outside yeah. the box thinkers that, that understand that unity is possible mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't have to be my way, your way, the highway, yeah. like it, it can all come together and we can have a, a world that's peaceful and, and filled with grace. Well, I'll tell you, one of the craziest ideas we came up with, and to mention real briefly, I think you'll enjoy this. Uh, we had a, uh, in our group of pastors, we had what we call the vision team. It was about 12 pastors who kind of came from the influential churches that would help give some balance to our crazy ideas. And so one day we presented an idea to say, why don't we do a modern day parable of what grace looks like in today's world? Because it's very hard to demonstrate grace. I mean, even the grace period of a credit card, they don't have that anymore. You know, what do you use as an example? And so we came up with this concept of having all of the people in the whole metro area informed through a press conference on a Tuesday in December. Why don't we pay off everyone's unpaid parking tickets in the whole city in December? As an illustration of grace, you've broken the law, small law, you owe a fine through your infraction, but bring those tickets down to City Hall on a Saturday in December. And we'll have all the pastors there with checkbooks in hand, ready to write checks to pay it off free of charge. Amazing. So So 11 out of the 12 pastors went, that's a great idea. Yeah. So we went and met with uh, the mayor of the the city at the time, uh, Mayor Beter. And we said, Mayor, we would like you to pay off parking tickets. Are you okay with that? He's like, you want to do what? And he goes, of course, the city would love that. Please do. And we said, can you connect us with the person to find out how much exposure do we have? How many unpaid parking tickets are there? So we met with them. We set it up and then uh, we announced it on the press. And it became a massive hit on the press. It was the leading story on all the stations. And then it got picked up nationwide, all over the country. And then it got picked up internationally. Some positive news for a change. Right. And it was just this beautiful picture of you've done something, but you've broken the law. Someone else will write a check and give it to you. I remember it was all packed with people. One gal says, I feel so bad. Will you just pay half of them? The pastor was like, no, no, we're going to write a check to pay them all. Just like God's grace, it covers all of it. Wow. That's a great illustration. Yeah. So we just love, and maybe I can send you some of these. You can drop in some of these visuals for the Zoom. Yeah. But it's it's amazing what happens when you come up with things you couldn't do alone. You have to do it as a group. And then you Mm -hmm. give the credit to the group. And we just try to facilitate what's behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Iron sharpens iron. Think better together. So. 
Is that kind of thing still happening? I know you and your team will always be for unity and innovation as you share the gospel and the truth of who Jesus is. Um, but but what form is it taking now? Because we're in a different age and a different stage um, with everything from the pandemic hitting us to different kinds of financial challenges. And even lately, it seems like in the last five years, even Christians becoming more wobbly on their knees about, about their faith and, uh, and even about their not, potential. Exactly. Yeah. And not, not seeing the kind of unity that, that you promoted and, and experienced and just where are we at today, Michael, and how, how does this continue on? And what are you personally doing with your company to make that happen? Yeah. Well, in many ways, I'm very encouraged by uh, a number of things that have happened. You know, that just last uh, week was another promise keepers there in Texas with a huge turnout. And so the concept of unity, I think, has really matured. I think many cities now have city reaching uh, strategies that are very intentional about unity across denominations, working together. Church members love it. Uh, we've got the Harvest Crusade people trying to put on a, a Harvest Crusade here in Boise. Mm-hmm. It was canceled because of the pandemic. So you've got great organizations and great spirit of unification around a common goal, which is let's honor people. And the thing about Christianity is I think we have to be careful. Jesus was known for being so loving and caring, yet he stood up for truth. He was truth, but he wasn't famous at all for pointing boiny fingers at anyone but Pharisees. So I think we have to be careful as Christians. We've got to be very cautious about the way we come across of what we're against. We need to be for people. You know, there's a lot of different perspectives in today's world, but I think Christians need to do what Jesus did and still demonstrate that love and care uh, while still being people of truth. But uh, I'm also a little bit concerned around this concept of isolation. I think the mobile devices have caused us to really be really down inside of our own kind of little bubble. And so the whole concept of intentional uh, life-on-life engagement, I think, has gotten very difficult. Mm. Uh, if, you, if you travel a lot and you get on like a rental car bus, there's no one to talk to because everyone has their phone in their face. And so it's really bad for engagement. I think it's also bad for getting used to conversations that can turn into life-giving relationships. Mm. And so the whole concept of intentional outreach is really getting small. And so I wouldn't be here today unless Pastor Lane Franks knocks on my door, which takes a real organizational intentionality to care enough about people to go do that. You don't see that hardly all. And then he spent three years of his life discipling me. And so I am to who I am today, mostly because this man invested in my life. And so that creates such a foundation. And so I think that intentionality to engage and then follow up and disciple and invest in people, that's, I think, weaker than it's ever been, at least since I've been around. Yeah. I think that investment in people, that's it. It's investing in others. And it's slow. It is slow, right? It's not that instant gratification like we're used to getting off that mobile phone when it Mm -hmm. dings or whatever. So it is, it's that slow progression, that slow loving someone to uh, the truth. Um, but it's a, and that's it's that servant-based philosophy that seems mm-hmm. to undergird everything that you do uh, in your personal life and in your business life, and that that is the way Jesus would have us live it out if we're His true followers mm-hmm. and we walk in His truth, yeah. and that means servanthood. Yeah. And love the way you're doing that uh, in in all of your ventures, and especially what you're doing currently. You want to talk just a little bit about where things are headed with yeah. uh, some of the new innovations that you're looking at? Sure. So uh, kind of what we went out uh, to do starting Mission Media uh, went on for 15 years doing innovation, using media, 
And the media pivoted. So people kind of forget the major change in the inflection point of technology infrastructure. In 2005 and before, everything was dial-up, right? We didn't have the internet before, you know, too, too, too much longer. I can hear the sound. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that, you've got male sound, you know, we haven't heard yeah. that in a long time. Yeah. But before dial-up, you didn't have the speed and infrastructure to push video. So people forget there was no YouTube before 2005 that anybody had ever heard of because it wasn't fast enough. And so when we began to see what was coming with 256K lightning speed, you know, uh, with broadband, we began to realize storytelling and communication at scale is going to shift to a new medium. It isn't just going to be broadcast. It's going to go into this thing called the World Wide Web. So we started thinking about how do you scale truth? How do you scale serving at a much larger uh, uh, way? And so we came up with this idea called iQuestions.com. And that's where I, I went. That. That's when we met. Yes. Yeah. And the whole concept, and because I've been you know, working with Gary Smalley for years, we shared this concept of, hey, what if we got together all of the leading experts in marriage and parenting and leadership and faith-based issues and shot them all on video in short form, about two to three minutes long, and then made a website where you could go that was safe and trusted. You click on a link and there's the expert on marriage or parenting or leadership looking you in the eyes like they're sitting across the coffee table from you answering your questions. So we went, wow, that would be a big idea. So that's what we set out to do. We ended up launching it. I believe it was in uh, February or so of 2007. And so it was one of the very first video websites. It's 100% video, all short form content, built over 2000 pieces of content through all over the country and interviewed the best-selling experts, you know, from Kevin Lehman to Ron Blue to Gary Smalley to Joe White to, you know, uh, Ken Blanchard. Just amazing experts. And now you could summon them with the click of a mouse. Mm. And so people forget you couldn't do that for the entire history of the world until uh, circa you know, 2006, seven, because there was no infrastructure that made it possible to summon content like that. Mm -hmm. It was a big breakthrough. And what we'd really created was a new best practice, a new methodology for transferring knowledge very quickly with a click of a mouse to have video and we designed the content with beautiful kind of filmmaking, dolly track, nicely lit. But we also condensed it so that in two, three minutes, you could like grab the middle of the cinnamon roll. Just give me the best mm. portion of this. So it's very powerful and highly applicable to my question that I have in my life. So that's what we launched. Uh, we found very quickly that it's not the easiest thing to monetize a website based on, hey, 10,000 people got it. We got well over five bucks worth of ad you know, rate. <laughs> so what it ended up pivoting into was taking that method of short form videos and we developed enterprise software that would intelligently organize the video content into what we now call an arc of engagement, a sequence of content. And where we ended up finding through kind of a, an accident where someone sent over someone from healthcare and said, this is an amazing way to share consistent information because someone is diagnosed with a disease or going through a surgery process. There's a lot of kind of yellow brick road of information that's inconsistent across the continuum of care. So that's when they said, could we do this or that? And so we said, I believe we could. Why don't you bring some people over? So months after many, many meetings occurred, we landed a uh, very large $7 million contract with a large hospital system and started building all of this infrastructure specifically around uh, spine and bariatric surgery and oncology and heart and vascular procedures. And then it was deployed in a hospital environment so it could be beautifully explained every single day what would happen in those processes. 
So that kind of got us into the business world, and that's just grown over time. And we started working with some of the great brands who are all looking for ways to help their constituents, their patients, their customers go on the customer or patient journey. And now we finally have the moment when the technology that we're doing today uses mobile and video and text, but we finally can do it without the application of an app, without emails, without passwords. It's much more simple now. And then, of course, there's an immense way to use this in the nonprofit and philanthropic world where we can serve those who are really trying to help those that are in need. What I love is that you were um, way ahead of the curve and understanding that people want it in Twitter, uh, bite-sized chunks kind of a thing. Yeah, we'll and that. that's where we really are today. Yeah. And um, you have so much, um, you know, God, nothing's wasting, mm-hmm. wasted with God. You know, he uses everything. And so um, I, I love that you have just been a, a willing servant in the media field and with businesses to get the truth out there. And I'm excited for all that you have in front of you and um, how the business is taking off. But I will say that a, a, so often, um, and I'm just going to throw this out there, this is kind of stereotyping too, but sometimes uh, Christians get kind of um, hung up in either a victim mindset or not being able to um, see themselves as a producer and being successful. Mm. Can you talk on that point for just a moment? Yeah. You know, I think, uh, as Todd mentioned earlier, the greatest thing we can do is serve. And uh, one of the greatest verses in the Bible is when Jesus said, you know, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Mm-hmm. And the world is a different place when people come to figure out a way to bless others. And, you know, the, the, the greatest uh, kind of clip in all the world almost that everyone, almost everyone knows is from Les Miserables when the priest goes, you forgot the candlesticks, you know, and he mm-hmm. gives them back to John Valjean. And that's a, I came to bless you so much in such an extravagant way, it'll just change your life. And so if we can have a method of how do we serve? Well, if you're going to go on a career path, if you can make it about serving others, and you can make it about doing something that will add value to the environment that you're trying to be a blessing. If you can bring your skill sets to that, it helps the people you're serving. And we are designed to be people who give. We're designed to be people who bless and flow out of. And so I think we also have to be careful about their own, our own tapes and our own head about what we're thinking. But there's no feeling like giving when you are actually doing that you know, in your life. And so that's, that's right. If we had more of that occurring, I think we'd be much better off in you know every element you can imagine. Yeah, I think that's more. a really that's a really good word because I think some people think, well, Michael can do all this stuff because he's really smart and he you know yeah, high tech stuff that, and yeah and, and all of that. But what the reality is, what you're saying is, every one of us can do something if it starts with love for God and love for people and a willingness to serve. Yes. It doesn't have to be in the form of anything like what Michael is doing or Wendy is doing or Tana is doing. God's designed something specifically just for you to do. Yes. And let's get excited like like Michael is about being innovative. Uh because it's not like um it's not like you're just um on your own in terms of these ideas. I think the reason God can drop these ideas into your spirit and your mind is because he recognized what your mission is all about. Mm-hmm. And man, I pray that for every one of us. Yes, if we will yes. just be open and on mission, God can implant within us all kinds of creative ways of sharing the truth. Yeah. Amen. So true. All right. Yes. Well, and I think that's a, an extremely important scenario. Like in our, in our business, uh, we're here to serve many companies who are trying to serve who they serve. And so we do it in a pri- private white label way. So they don't even know we're behind it. And so mm-hmm. just like, you know, John the Baptist said, I need to decrease so he can increase. And there's something about that that allows us to be a blessing to others. And, uh, you know, even in in our work world, you know, you don't have to be a Christian to work here. We want to honor everyone. 
And that's something I think Jesus mastered. We've got to be careful. We continue to master it as well. Gosh, that's so well, good. Michael, you're right on the cusp of something brand new that hasn't been done before. Like when I heard you talking about no passwords, no apps, it's like, what? Finally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, is it too soon to tell people where to go to get more information? Is this something that's still in the development stage? And later on, they'll find out more about it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so our uh, company is uh, engagetg.com. And so okay. we're deployed in mostly in healthcare and dentistry, optometry, ophthalmology, healthcare, uh, probably hospitals, as well as uh, aesthetics. Uh, dermatology, plastic surgery, anywhere where there's a large knowledge gap that needs to be crossed and where we can add value and create a lot of operational efficiency and mostly a great patient experience. But then we're also taking that same type of methodology and technology and providing it in the nonprofit world Mm -hmm. so that we can actually help. Uh, Like we have uh, surgeons who give their time to go give cataract surgery to people in other countries that are blind, that they can't even see. And so, so they nice. go and, and perform these. Well, that's an easy way to use our technology to help share that message, to help people give towards that. Doctors participate, volunteer. Uh, it's just, there's so many applications. And then to be able to help local churches, to be able to utilize this, to do outreach, to help people with, with marriage and parenting. And there's just so much that mm-hmm. local churches are there to serve on. And if you can accelerate their communication, their vision casting, and make it easy to be able to have that life-on-life engagement. And so many times, if we provide people uh, value, for example, if you're with a waitress in a, in a restaurant, we need to do, be better listeners. What does she need? Mm. She doesn't think she needs anything spiritual necessarily. Uh, but she, but when you see that her little picture of her, of her little daughter that was just born, hey, did you just have a baby? Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Hey, how's your baby sleeping through the night? Oh, man, not very well. Not getting a lot of sleep. Hey, tell you what, you have a cell phone on you? Text safe sleep or baby sleep to, you know, this keyword. And they do that. And all of a sudden, three short videos that are about 90 seconds each come up to show her how to get her baby to go to sleep at night. Isn't that great? And then we wrap it in the brand of that local church that's in that area that those, you know, believers that are in that environment used. And suddenly you're offering this value where you're blessing people, fellowshiping with them, giving them the truth yes. that really helps them on something they need. That begins a bond of relational equity on where they are. And then you've got a relationship to talk about things that mature into spiritual discussions. But Modern day outreach. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so that's yes. really what yeah. the, the, the ministry nonprofit side is working on, which is gomissionmedia.org. And so that's the organization that we're kind of revitalizing with, with new technology and new methodologies to be able to serve people to help them at the core of what they really need. Wow. Very good. Michael, Goodness, this is like just a wealth of information. Mm-hmm. Loved hearing your story. Thank uh, you for taking the time. I honor. love what you're doing. And uh, we're honored to speak with you today. So uh, keep serving him well. You're just, uh, I just adore you and your family. So thank uh, you for taking well, the time. Likewise. And I just have to applaud both of you, Todd. Thank you for a large, amazing career of helping communities because Christian radio, I think, is one of the greatest impacting. Uh, tools that God's used, and you have helped grow that so, so well. I mean, you have been just an amazing leader in that space. And and Wendy, I just can't believe how much you care about people in terms of exercise and health and vitality. And, you know, I was doing these while we were doing interviewed. Just kidding. Oh, good. You're doing visibly fit exercises. <laughs> he's, he's a good student, isn't he? He is. And he's a great You're teacher. Awesome. Michael, we love you. And uh, we're going to continue praying for you. And we're excited about the launch of uh, some of these new technologies. We'll put in the show notes where people can get more mm-hmm. information as well. Super. Yep. Great to be awesome. with you. Awesome. All right. God bless. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. 
Well, you know, every show is so unique and so different. And yeah. Michael, he's just a, a plethora of information. He, well, you know, he's, a, he is because he's a man on a mission. He is. And he is. his mission is all revolving around the truth. Yep. The yep. truth is who Jesus is mm-hmm. and what our relationship with God can be like and how every area of our lives can be impacted right. if we'll follow the truth. And the, the, But the ways in which that he has become so creative in bringing about unity uh, through innovation, right. that just kind of blows me away. I'm just more of that, like Michael, more of that. I know, that. come on, come on. But I love that that God just, uh, he trusts him, you know, yeah, he's given him that yeah, this yeah. divine downloads. And, and I think, you know, if we would be open to more of God's mm-hmm. divine downloads, then we could make even greater mm-hmm. impacts as well. So, and it doesn't mean that there isn't going to be Lots of lots of bumps and hiccups oh, sure. and challenges. And Michael has had his share. We didn't get into that, but but he's hit some times too where his faith was really stretched. Sure. And his innovation powers had to really kick in. <laughs> and but he kept getting creative it, and yes, kept exactly. pressing on and it's, it's persevering. On. And uh, run the race, us. run the race that um, that we were given. So yeah. is that a little exercise tip right there? Yes, run, 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 run with great endurance. <laughs> um, you know, what is it from the couch to 5k. I don't know what they do anyway, but <laughs> get off your, your couch and, and get, get, get walking, get running, yes, yes. whatever God has for you. But we thank you so much for tuning mm-hmm. in today. We hope you were inspired. We hope you're encouraged. And we hope that you will see that uh, no matter what the season is and, and what things look like around you, um, you can always get creative and, and whatever season it is. I mean, my goodness, we're, People are going to the moon, going to Mars, going to, I mean, it's crazy what's going on. Well, they haven't been to right? Mars yet, but our, I know, but our, our stuff, stuff has, is gone there. Our That's stuff right. Has. A car parked, <laughs> Not uh, ours, but you know. Got a car parked on the, on the Mars somewhere. Someday. Oh, and then how about these yeah. flying motorcycles that are, are happening soon? All oh, we can get all opportunities to share the truth of That's who right, Jesus right. is. So may that be your mission today. On a flying motorcycle. <laughs> all right. God bless. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. Head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment and we would love to dialogue with you there. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.